Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. Now, Ziglag is very, very, very important. I shared with us last week, he spent one year and four months in Ziglag. Again, you get off from all this Esther and everything. The first one year, the first six months, you go through bitter odors. The second six months, you go through sweet odors, you begin to get revelation of the seven pillars of wisdom and of perfection. Then you start practicing them four months. That gives you balance. When you're balanced in working on them, then you can move from Ziglag to Hebron. It's the way the track is laid. That's why the Bible says the scripture cannot be broken. That's why it's important to know the scripture. You're not going to, you know, you, you can't skirt around these things. Now, I want to talk today in more detail about Ziglag. If I was going to give this message title, it's part two of the first one, but I'll call it David at Ziglag. Like I just said, you get a personal revelation of the principles of perfection. Seven pillars of wisdom, you start practicing them, then you start getting balanced, you get balanced in them. That's the purpose of Ziglag. But while at Ziglag, there were two significant things that David did. Number one, his time in Ziglag, he kept it, he used it attacking the Amalekites. And the reason why he could do that was because he was outside Israel. There were no Amalekites within Israel. They were outside. So God had to take him outside to start attacking the Amalekites. Everybody followed me to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 27. I'm not talking to anybody here. And if you're still on my side, give me a wave offering. Hallelujah. First Samuel. See how important the Old Testament is. All these stories is full of revelation. You don't read something, you just think it's just a story. It's not. There's something in there. I remember many years ago when I brought, God gave me this message, you know, two of them actually, from Elisha, dwelling at Dothan. Dothan is a place of two wells. Then there was another one, the arrows of Elijah. What mommy said, we should start saying, Satan, loose and let him go. The man hit the thing only three times, the king. The prophet was angry with him. He said, why did you stop at three? He said, you should have gone to five or six. Then you would have been able to you would conquer the Syrians forever. All those things are speaking to us today. First Samuel chapter 27. And David and his men went up and invaded the Geshurites, the Gezrites, and the Amalekites. For those nations were of old inhabitants of the land as thou goest to shore even on the land of Egypt. Amalek is a type of the flesh. So in Ziglag, as you get revelation of the perfection principles, and as you begin to practice them, you begin to attack 
the sin nature that is inside your flesh. You begin to attack it and you begin to cleanse it out. You begin to overcome it. That's what David did at Ziklag. And it had to be at Ziklag because if he was in Israel, he would not have had access to the Amalekites. What does that speak to us today? The great majority of the church does not even understand that we still have a sin nature and how to deal with it. So God has to take you out of Israel to, in quotes, Ziklag. Don't take you out of the church. Don't misunderstand me. But from the what is being practiced basically in the church i got another revelation honey do you know pastor g that when david when saul was king at this time is it there's a great revelation do you know that they did not have any weapons of war in israel they had to go to the land of the philistines to sharpen their cutlasses and, and their spears and all of that. That's why if you stay in Israel, you won't have a weapon until you go to Ziklag. You have to come out. Revelation chapter 17, come out of her. The spirit of Babylon has permeated the church. It's endemic. So if you want to go in these deeper things of God, God will take you out. So, not take you out from the church. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Take you out from the practice. Then it gives you, give you weapons that you, with which you can attack Amalek. Very crucial. The second thing is that, now this is prophetic. Just just before David goes to Hebron, it was during this time that Saul and Jonathan are killed in the battle with the Philistines. And he goes to Hebron. Satan mounts a major offensive against David. He and his men, they come back. It's Everybody go to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We hear this preached a lot, but there was, uh, like most of our preaching, everything is always materialistic. Uh, you will recover all, and God will, you know, which is not wrong. Please don't misunderstand me. It's just that it's shallow. Because that's not all God is talking about there. So when they get there, they find that the Amalekites had attacked them, burnt their houses, carried all the wives and the children away. The people were so discouraged that they spake of stoning David. The Bible says they cried and cried until they had no more power to weep. But what did David do? The Bible says and David encouraged himself in the Lord. And he allowed God to strengthen him. Ephesians 3. God will strengthen you with might by spirit in the inner man. And then he inquired of the Lord. And he said, shall I pursue? And God said, pursue. You will definitely overtake and you will recover all. I know that's what our people pray. But you see, you have to understand now, he's talking about recovering all the sin nature has stolen from you. 
This is very important. This takes place at Ziglag. And it takes place just before Hebron. And the Lord gave me understanding. He said, why did this happen? He said, it was Satan's last ditch attempt to stop David from becoming king. In World War II, I just use this as a natural historical this thing. The Allies, you know, made a successful landing on the Normandy beaches in the north of France. They, f they completely fooled Adolf Hitler's uh, intelligence uh, apparatus. They made him think that they were going to attack from the port of Calais. And you know what they did? It's a true story. I also watch it in a movie and documentaries. They took Patton. Patton was the most famous general uh, on the American side. Great, 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 great warrior. He, he had his faults, but you know, he was a good soldier. So, and his mouth is too big. He said a lot of things he shouldn't say. So, in fact, they were thinking of demoting him and sending him back to America. But he was too good not to keep him. So they said, you know what you're going to do? Just stay in London. Stay in London. They were doing what? They said, don't do anything. Just stay in London and keep your big mouth shut. <laughs> That's how they said it in the movie. He said, George, you're your, own, you're, you're your own worst enemy. He said, stay in London and keep your big mouth shut because you're on probation. We're still thinking about what we're going to do with you. He said, we're going to build around you. Fake armies, simulated radio traffic. We're going to put, they, 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 they made tanks that are made out of uh, um, rubber. So that the German reconnaissance planes will see them. The German agents in London, they saw that Patton was in London. They were giving the Germans things to hear over radio. Simulated radio traffic. Yes, yes, you know, we're planning an invasion. It's going to be from the port of Calais and everything. So the Germans were totally fooled. They were totally, you know, they were totally deceived. They believed Adolf Hitler, Erwin uh, uh, Rommel. All of them believed that the, the invasion was going to come from the, port of, um, um, uh, from the port of Calais. The best American general, Patton, is in London. They're, they're building an army around him. And the agent, that's exactly what the British wanted them and the Americans wanted them to think. So they thought that. So they now mounted the main attack from Normandy, which is further north, you know, on the Normandy beaches. In fact, Adolf Hitler was sleeping on the day of the of D-Day and said he should not, nobody should wake him up until 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, uh, um, Rommel went to go and he was on leave, he went to go and see his wife. He was in Germany. Everybody was just taking it easy. They said, well, you know, the attack is not going to come until they come through the dead. All the, all the intelligence that they had given them, the fake intelligence, the simulated radio traffic, they believed that that was going to happen. So when the first uh, wave of the Allied forces landed in Normandy and they radioed and, 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 they, and they said, no, they said, no, it's just, it's just, it's just a feint. They're just trying to make us think that, let's relax. So, all these panzers and the tanks, they kept them down, you know, around the port of Calais. 
and they tied them down there and they had orders not to move except Adolf Hitler tells them to move. So that's how the Allies got a foothold in the first day. By the time they realized it was the real thing, it was too late. Give the Lord a clap offering somebody. Mm. Intelligence is very important. And so they made great progress. Then a last ditch attempt by, Satan, by, by Adolf Hitler. Not too far from Satan. <laughs> not too far. You know, to hit against the Allies was in a place called the Bulk. This was December. This around Christmas, you know, of 1944. So he got his reserves and tanks and everything say look if we can just punch a hole through the allied something we will be able to turn the war around and he had all these secret weapons the v2 bombs and all of that you know so he was believing that if he did that he would get some reprieve and then with that so he made this la is the same playbook satan plays out of so he does it it almost works it almost works but thank God for a general pattern. Patton said, gentlemen, they were having a meeting with Montgomery and all of these guys. They were taking it easy. He said, look, my men, we realize that we can still lose this war. So they're going to do it not because they love me, but because they know we can lose this war. So we need to, we need to, we need to, we need, they had to march a long distance and come back. It was a, you know, in military records, one of the best moves that have ever happened in the American army. On top of that, there was bad weather. Bad weather. So all the air superiority that the Allies had was not effective because the planes couldn't fly. Patton got the chaplain. True story. He got the chaplain to write a prayer to clear the weather. The chaplain said, this chaplain said, General, will God allow, answer a prayer for us to kill our fellow man? General Patton said, you write it, I will pray it. I have a special relationship with the Almighty. The true story. He, he gets the prayer and he's, he's praying the prayer as they are moving with the tanks and moving to attack. The true story. You know what? The weather cleared. <laughs> the weather cleared. Air superiority, and it was a walkover. And they did that. what I'm saying is this: I use that's a natural story, but it's true. You know, when Satan knows you are just near the throne, like David, he will attack. So if you are at Ziglag, expect the counter attack. Good news, you're going to overcome it. But don't start crying when it comes. Is part of being at Ziglag. It's coming. It's coming. Just before Hebron. First Samuel chapter 30. Look at verse 1. And it came to pass. I didn't hear you. When David and his men. Were come to Ziglag on the third day. That the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziglag, smitten Ziglag and burnt it with fire. And they had taken the women captives and, and they that were therein and slew not any, either small or great, but carried them away and went on their way. And I've told the rest of the story. They cried and everything. Then later on, David encouraged himself. Let's jump because I want us to 
get look at verse 8 and david was greatly distressed no 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 the verse 8 i've told you that part verse 8 and david inquired of the lord i didn't hear you turn to your neighbor say david at ziglag you must constantly inquire of the lord this is instruction to us today it's not just a historical something about david it's to you david if every david that is going to get to hebron and from hebron to jerusalem through that measure you must go through ziglag it's a compulsory course you will go through ziglag am i talking to anybody here oh man don't sleep on me give me a wave offering somebody then give the lord a clap offering and wake up glory be to god hallelujah And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. Everybody say, Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them and without fail recover all. A clap offering for the Lord. You will recover everything the sin nature has taken. You're going to recover get total possession watch this you're going to get total possession of your will total possession of your mind total possession of your emotions total possession of your physical body oh scream it somebody hallelujah that's what this scripture is talking about it's not talking about material things alone even though there is an application to material things the devil can attack you and god will help you to get it back but he's not talking about material at all the real spiritual message is because Ziglag is just before Hebron. This is the significance of Ziglag. Now, how does this thing happen? How does David recover all? Because of time, I'm not going to read all the scriptures. I'm going to read a few, but I just I'll give you a brief overview, then we'll look at a few scriptures because there's some instructions that are inside those scriptures that I must show to you. Just before I, I, I do that, let me just give you an overview. What happens is that David encourages himself. He gets this word from God and he begins to move. He has, and this is the same story today. He just has a, a small group of men with him. There are only about 600. 200 of them are tired. They can't go to the fight. So they say, you guys wait behind and look after the things that we've left behind 400 go on with him as they are moving they come across an Egyptian Egyptian is a type of the sin nature this Egyptian has been left for dead by his master the Amalekite so David gives the, uh, the, the man he gives him water he gives him fruits raisins all those speaks of the fruit of the spirit the life of God that you put inside the flesh, the dead flesh, the body is dead, that's the Egyptian, because of sin. It's been serving the sin nature. You put life into it. And you know what? It's that Amalekite that now leads them. He leads them to where the Amalekites are. And then David slaughters them. Kills all the Amalekites. Very few I think about 400 escaped, you know. And 
according to the word of the Lord, he recovers everything, the children, the wives, and brings them back to Ziklag. It is when he gets back to Ziklag, after this great victory, he spends, the Bible is a great book, honey. The Bible says, and the third day. He keeps that third day. He keeps happening. It's like a recurring decimal because Jesus was raised on the third day. And our own miracles also start on the third day. It's not things an accident. It says, and the third day. Somebody comes out from the battle. Saul is dead. Jonathan is dead. That's where David gets the news of the death. He's just come back from this great victory where he had recovered all. He did not know that you're just a week or two from Hebron. He recovers everything. Then they come and tell him. Of course, he doesn't rejoice. He weeps and all of that because Jonathan was his friend. You know, sings that psalm. You know, how had the mighty fallen? Then he said, what should I do? God said, go up to Hebron. It was at Hebron that the guys now come and anoint him as king over one tribe. Everything in this story has prophetic undertones that are speaking to you and I today. Now, let's look at from verse 17. I've given you the overview. We're going to be closing. Verse 17. Am I talking to anybody here? Oh, Jesus, help me. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Before I go to verse 17, let, let, let's quickly look at verse 11 and 12. And they found an Egyptian. That's a type of your sin, of, of your flesh that is dead. And, and the, the, the sin, you know, the, the sin nature is the Amalekites. That's the thing that's been, is been serving. But the, the flesh is dead. He said the spirit is, you know, the body is dead because of sin. So you see what he does. He says, he found an Egyptian in the field. And they brought him to David. And he gave him bread. That's what lies scriptures. Give him the bread of life. Am I talking to anybody here? And he did eat. And they made him drink water. The water of life. Am I talking to anybody here? It's not just story. This is the depth of scripture. And he gave him a cake of figs. Fruit. And two clusters of raisins. Why all this detail, Pastor Boyga? Why? Why didn't you buy your and he fed him? He's speaking to you and I. Hallelujah. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ that shall give life to your mortal body. You know that in the New Old Testament, in the New Testament, because Paul says, you, but here you now get the detail. Are you seeing why the Old Testament is so important? Am I talking to anybody here? You know? And then, you know, he makes a, he makes a deal with him. So now, 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 let's jump to verse 17. And David smote them, them the Amalekites. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. From the twilight, even until the evening of the next day. You know, this thing mommy said we should be doing, you know, five times. That's the same thing Elisha told um, the king. He said, why did you stop? It speaks of consistency. 
He smote them from the he didn't stop. You don't stop praying. You don't stop life scriptures. You don't stop good morning, Jesus. You don't stop travail. You keep hitting and killing him. You don't give him breathing space. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies, and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.